The New York Rangers get back to playing New York Ranger hockey with a 5-2 home victory against the Los Angeles Kings. We're giving very special props to the uh, four Ranger defensemen who started and finished this game. It's tough enough to play with even just five defensemen. The Rangers pulled off a win with just four, so we're going to talk about those guys, give them special props like I said. Also going to talk about uh, the ugly incident involving Keandre Miller and everything that happened there. Also going to be uh, collectively breathing a sigh of relief. First and foremost, just the fact that the Rangers stopped this four-game losing streak. And secondly, that Igor Shesterkin appears to be back on track. This seemed to be a get-right game for Igor Shesterkin. All that and more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 780 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And uh, as I mentioned, you know, I think a sigh of relief is the best way to uh, to explain how we're all feeling after uh, the Rangers Got the job done, got a home win, a 5-2 win uh, against a very good Los Angeles Kings team. The Rangers had been 0-3-1 in their last four games coming into this one. That four-game losing streak immediately followed a seven-game winning streak. And you got to get this thing under control. You don't want to throw away uh, all that hard work. You know, the seven straight wins. Got to get things pointed back in the right direction. Uh, the Rangers in those four games have been outscored 17-7. to And I know that a lot of people are, you know, really excited about the Rangers probably landing Patrick Kane in the next couple of days here. And you can count me among you. Um, but, you know, that excitement goes down just a little bit when the team is losing and losing and losing. Now that the Rangers uh, have a good game under their belt that they've halted this losing streak, that they knocked off, once again, a very good Los Angeles Kings team, a team that could uh, very well be in the playoffs, uh, I, I think it feels just a lot better. You get a little bit more excited about the prospects of landing Patrick Kane. It was going to be exciting no matter what, but if Patrick Kane is joining a Ranger team that's lost five in a row, that takes a little something away from it, at least for me. Uh, it would still be exciting, no doubt, but yeah, uh, glad the Rangers halted this losing streak, certainly uh, sooner rather than later. About the only thing that went wrong in this game, the only negative from it, was the incident with Keandre Miller. So I want to talk about that first, uh, basically almost just kind of get that out of the way, and then we'll get to all the good things, all the fun things, all the positive things that happened uh, during this 5-2 win for the Rangers. But uh, for anybody that missed it, and even if you did miss this game, I'm, I'm sure you've probably heard about it by now. Uh, incident in the first period, you know, a little skirmish in the corner on the Rangers' side of the ice, nothing too crazy, you know, some pushing and shoving. And the next thing you know, uh, the referees are reviewing this little dust-up, this little get-together here. And I'm, I'm watching the replay, and I'm thinking, what could they possibly be looking at? You know, there was uh, something where Vincent Trocek was in there, and, you know, he gave somebody, I wouldn't even call it like a punch, but you know, gave him a pretty aggressive face wash. Uh, Mikola was mixed up with somebody, but nothing too crazy. And, of course, Miller was there. And then finally, you know, they give you the camera that, that caught this. Uh, Keandre Miller spit at Drew Doughty, which is something that is just so out of character I think for anybody on this team, and especially for Keandre Miller, I mean, if you told me before this game that a player on the New York Rangers was going to spit at one of his opponents, I, I my jaw would hit the ground, I would not believe you, and I wouldn't even be able to venture a guess as far as which player on the New York Rangers would do something like that. You know, I know there's fans around the league that can't stand Jacob Truba and they think he's a dirty player and all that kind of stuff. I, I can't picture him ever doing anything like that. And I also uh, would not have been able to picture Keandre Miller doing something like this either. 
And it's just one of those things that feels just light years out of character. But I have to be fair here, guys, because, you know, I know there's some people that, you know, would maybe defend Keandre Miller, think that it was an accident. Keandre Miller himself, after the game, uh, said that it was an accident. Just one of those things where I guess he just kind of spit and didn't think about it. But honestly, let's be let's be real here. Let's be fair about this. I'm not going to rule out the possibility that that could be true. This was a complete accident. I mean, Miller just spit and didn't even realize who was in front of him and just kind of had a brain fart, you know, one of those situations. I'm not going to rule that out. But let's be honest here. If this was the Rangers playing the Bruins, and Brad Marchand did this to somebody here. It doesn't even have to be Marchand. It could literally be any opponent, any player for any opponent, whether it's a superstar player or whether it's somebody that we've barely heard of. Uh, you guys know that I'd be upset about that. You guys would be upset about it as well, and I, I think rightfully so. I mean, it was just a game ago, just an episode ago, where I called out TJ Oshie for what I thought was a pretty dirty hit against Ryan Lindgren. You know, the hits, there's always a little bit of gray area, or there's usually a little bit of gray area. Uh, some of the, the worst ones, there's no gray area. You can just say it's a dirty hit. Um, but something like this, when you spit on somebody, at worst, or let's start with at best. At best by Keandre Miller here, this is uh, a situation where um, it's just a, a really stupid thing to do, and he just didn't think at all. At worst, I mean, he spit on somebody. You know, you got to call somebody out for that, and you know, of all games to do this, I mean, we should probably just start with the act itself. It's disgusting. There's no place in this league for it. Uh, I saw something where I believe it was Hathaway uh, got a penalty for this or was suspended for this about three years ago and uh, or four years ago, and he ended up with a three-game suspension. I think a similar penalty probably should be in the works here for Keandre Miller. They can't find him any more than $5,000. That's the maximum that's allowed. So I'm sure he will get that $5,000 fine. And uh, I'd imagine he's going to be hearing from the league and probably facing a suspension here uh, from the league as well. I mean, I, I just can't defend this. It, it's disgusting. And um, it's one of those things where, again, I think if the shoe was on the other foot and somebody did this to a player on the Rangers, we'd all be calling for blood. We'd all be calling for a suspension. I mean, I remember, you know, I mentioned Marchand a second ago. And we had that nonsense a few years ago where he just wouldn't stop licking people. And that was also the year where the pandemic happened. And we had uh, basically what I've come to describe as the COVID playoffs, where they let 24 teams into the tournament. And I said, if Marchand gets in trouble for licking somebody in a playoff game, when we're in the middle of a national pandemic, a global pandemic that's killing people, then I said that, you know, he should be suspended for the rest of the playoffs and the entire next season. I'm not going to go that far with Ke'Andre Miller here. We're not I mean, the pandemic's obviously still a thing. I had COVID just a few months ago, and, you know, my heart goes out to anybody that's been affected by COVID or has uh, family and friends affected by COVID. But bottom line, you know, it's still a disgusting act, and I think, you know, a, a suspension is certainly warranted here. And uh, for Keandre Miller, I'm not going to say, like, you know, he, he can never rebuild his reputation after this. He's obviously a young player in the league. My hope is that, obviously, he never does anything like this ever again because uh, this is one of those things that, you know, it, it hurts your own reputation, uh, he might now be a target from other teams, from other fan bases after doing something like this. And um, that's the bed that he's made, and he's just going to have to lie on it. That's basically the long and short of it. Uh, cannot possibly condone uh, spitting of any kind here. Um, you know, it's my hope that it really was an accident, but I mean, he, he spit on somebody. You know, that that's pretty much the long and short of it. And uh, there's only so much defending I can do for, for something like that. So, and again, you know, I just mentioned this a second ago, but if somebody on the other team did this to a player on the Rangers, we would all have major problems with it. So not happy about this. And uh, it obviously put his team in a bad spot as well, because, you know, they were already going with five defensemen. I mean, Braden Schneider was dressed, but they weren't going to play him because uh, after the game, they sent him down to the Hartford Wolfpack, quote unquote. It's basically just a paper move which will allow the Rangers to eventually pull off this train for Patrick Kane. 
But, you know, Miller knows going into this game. I'm, I'm sure the players weren't in the dark about this. I'm sure they all knew there were going to be five defensemen only. And now he does this in the first period. And so even from a hockey standpoint, forget about, you know, the disgusting act in and of itself. Even just from like a strategic hockey standpoint, now he's put his team in a bad spot because they have to go with four defensemen the rest of the way in this game. And as I mentioned a second ago, it's hard enough going through an entire game with just five defensemen. Try doing it with four. And that's what the Rangers had to do. But... The, the positive part about this is I, I think we can really sing the praises of those four defensemen. They really stepped up, had just a, an absolute metric ton of ice time, and all played well. I thought all four of these guys stood out in a positive way uh, throughout the game. So we're going to turn the page and uh, talk about that in just a second. But first, we got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you've got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little bit healthier this year. What makes Built Bars so good? For starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a 4-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club, Run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hip flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank us later. All right, we just want to go ahead and thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And I wanted to kind of turn our attention from uh, Keandre Miller to the other Ranger defenseman in this game. And, and first and foremost, let's talk about Braden Schneider. And we might as well throw Ryan Carpenter in there as well. Both those players were dressed for this game. I believe there's some kind of rule that the NHL has that mandates it. Um, all teams that are cap compliant, you have to have, uh, you know, 20 players dressed. And uh, therefore, both of these players were dressed, even though it was under the pretense that they were not going to play in this game. Braden Schneider did not... Uh, touched the ice a single time. He did not play at all. Although I will say there was kind of a funny moment at the end of the game when all the players were congratulating Igor Shesterkin. Uh, Braden Schneider went up to him and, you know, they they hit helmets and everything. They tap helmets. And um, Schneider was like laughing quite a bit. So I get the feeling maybe Igor said something to him or, or maybe Schneider said something about, you know, his performance that day. And, oh, uh, that was all me, you know, that kind of thing. They, they were laughing about something. And I get the feeling it was the uh, the situation that Schneider obviously did not actually play in this game. Um, but props to Schneider for taking it all in stride. And, you know, hopefully he understands the business side of this and uh, the fact that the Rangers in withholding him from playing and giving him no chance to get injured, it opens a door for him to be sent down to the minors and then for Patrick Kane to be acquired uh, by the Rangers in a trade. Hopefully he understands all that and he's good with all that. And if his post-game reaction was any indication, then uh, he certainly was was good with that. Uh, as far as Ryan Carpenter goes, he served the Keandre Miller five-minute major. And then once it ended, I mean, the, the penalty's over. You have to go back onto the ice. So uh, he played for all of 13 seconds in this game because they didn't want him to get hurt either. Uh, he's going to be sent back to the minors in short order here as well. But as far as the four Ranger defense and who actually ended up playing in this game, Keandre Miller, uh, he only ended up with seven minutes and 49 seconds for all the reasons 
that we just discussed. You know, obviously he got the the match penalty, but that let the Rangers with just four defensemen the rest of the way. I mean, I guess they could have gone to Schneider at some point if they wanted to, but then once again, you're risking the injury and the inability to uh, do this paper transaction where you send him down to the Wolfpack and make enough cap space for Patrick Kane. It's all very complicated, but um, bottom line, to get to the point that I'm, I'm trying to get to here, the four defensemen that uh, played in this game for the New York Rangers, Ben Harper, Jacob Truba, Adam Fox, Nico Mikola, I thought all four of them were absolutely fantastic. And we got to just, before we talk about anything individual that they did, we got to just marvel at these ice times. So Jacob Truba led the way with 29 minutes and one second of ice time. That included 50 seconds on the power play, 519 of shorthanded time. Uh, he was followed then by actually Ben Harper. Ben Harper was out there for 28 minutes and four seconds. This is somebody who has been a healthy scratch recently. You know, he hasn't been able to crack the lineup over Mikola, and obviously he's not going to take the place of anybody else when the Rangers have a fully healthy uh, blue line. Um, but Ben Harper gets out there. Good for him. 28 minutes and four seconds. Did a nice job in this game. Ben Harper, uh, two shots on goal, two hits, five block shots. Uh, I already mentioned the 28-04. He had 41 seconds of time on the power play, three minutes and 54 seconds of time shorthanded. And we might as well just circle back to Jacob Truba real quick. I'm going to give you the stat lines for all these guys because they deserve it. They were fantastic. And obviously they limited uh, the chances that the Kings got in this game and Igor took care of the rest. But for Truba, in addition to the 29-01 of time on the ice, also three shots on goal, a hit, four block shots, 50 seconds on the power play and 519 shorthanded. We covered that before. Uh, they were followed in third place by uh, Adam Fox with 2557 of ice time. Uh, he ends up with the two assists. He's a plus three as far as plus minus is concerned. One shot on goal, three block shots, 250 on the power play, 257 while shorthanded. And then Nico Mikola, uh, you know, plus three on the game. That's the Adam Fox bump there, I think. Uh, but also, uh, one shot on goal, two hits. He played 25 minutes and 34 seconds. Uh, eight seconds on the power play, 227 of time while the Rangers were shorthanded. But all these guys were, were pretty much, uh, you know, just, just very solid, very steady. And Adam Fox was talking about this after the game. The four of them, you know, were talking with each other. And, you know, let's just keep everything simple. Let's not try to jump into the rush or anything like that. Let's just focus on defense. And I think, obviously, that's a pretty sound strategy just in general. You know, obviously, defense first, and especially the way the Rangers have been playing defense recently. They need to be focused on, you know, defending. They are defensemen after all. But on top of that, you know, there's only four defensemen. You know that the time on the ice for all four of these guys is going to skyrocket. It's going to be through the roof. And so these guys have to conserve their energy a little bit and not be, you know, flying up and down the ice. Just play it safe. And that's what they did. And the fact that the Rangers uh, had a lead early in this game, that helped as well. That probably uh, played right into their hands as far as you know, not taking any chances, just playing simple and playing smart. But cannot say enough about the job that these guys did. Uh, Mikola, who... You know, I think he's gotten some mixed reviews from Ranger fans, and there's been times where he's had a couple of hiccups here and there. He's taken a couple too many penalties. He took a penalty in this game as well. But there was a situation where Rangers were up 3-0. The Kings almost had a breakaway. And, you know, Mikola, not known for being exactly a speed demon out there, but he hustled back, broke up a, a scoring opportunity, did a really nice job there. There was also a play by Ben Harper where, um, you know, I think it was during a 4-on-4, four -four, and the Kings were kind of swarming a little bit, and somebody had the puck, you know, just inside of the Ranger blue line, and he just reached out, poked the puck, out of the uh, Ranger zone and into the neutral zone. Just a little thing, but all four of these defensemen, uh, they were on their toes in this game. They were sharp, and uh, they made Igor's job a heck of a lot easier. 
And uh, I do want to talk about Eeyore in just a second here as well. I want to talk a little bit about Mika Zibanejad and him gutting it out and, uh, you know, looking like he gave us all a scare there. We were all pretty nervous, um, but he was no worse for the wear. He got back into the game and uh, did what he does, ends up scoring a goal, and uh, just one of the most important players on this New York Ranger team and somebody that they can ill afford to lose. So we're going to go ahead and shift our attention to that, talk about all that good stuff in just a second. But first, we got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I use Athletic Greens literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, and I wanted to see what all the hype was about. Now I've been on it for about nine or 10 months and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy recovery focus, and your aging. It's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, so let's keep everything rolling here. We got to Give some props, I think, to both Mika Zibanejad as well as uh, Igor Shosturkin. I'm actually going to start with Igor. It was a much-needed game for him. He's been getting pelted recently. He was pulled out of the game the day before. You know, it wasn't all his fault. I, I think he made some pretty tremendous saves, honestly. And for a goalie that gave up five goals in just two periods and ended up getting pulled, uh, Igor made some really nice saves against the Capitals, but he just got zero help, obviously, like we just got done talking about, it's quite a bit different here. Uh, the Ranger defense and really stepped up. I thought the Ranger forwards uh, played well uh, in this game as well, doing a little bit better job on the back check and, and just getting back into the play and just playing good team defense and taking some pride in your defense. But Igor, you know, final stat line, he stops 26 of the 28 shots that he faced. Uh, made some good saves early in this game. Kings got a couple of chances right out of the starting blocks, and Igor was sharp. You know, there's nothing that was like highlight reel worthy, or you're going to see it on Igor's Hall of Fame resume, his highlight reel at the end of his career, but just a couple of good, sharp saves, you know, good reflexes by Igor Shesterkin, a couple of nice pad saves, just the kind of saves that kind of get Igor into the flow of the game, which I think is good. He's been scuffling a little bit, so probably good to make a couple of early saves and get some action. And the kind of saves that just make you think he's going to have a good game and he's going to be all right. And of course, that ended up being the case. He must have robbed Adrian Kempe, excuse me, at least three times in this game. One of them was on the power play. One of them was like a really nice glove save, a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, the what, what's it called? The, the wheel, the, the, the wheel that turns. I, I can't think of what it's called. The mini golf thing where they turn the blades. I can't think of what it's called, but a really nice glove save there. Uh, obviously, an athletic save as well. And the thing with Igor Shesterkin is, you know, yes, he's struggled recently. I think at times it certainly uh, has been on the team defense just as much, if not more, than it's been on Igor Shesterkin. But he's so good, and, and Ranger fans, we have so much faith in this guy that uh, I think that there's reason to believe when you see him have a performance like this where, you know— 
this is all it takes. This is all it takes to get him right. He just needs one good solid game where he makes a couple of really nice saves, gets some help from his defense, and uh, leads the Rangers to a win. And obviously, it got a little dicey there for a second. The Rangers are up 3-0. Kings got one late in the second period. They got one early in the third period. And then, um, you know, the Rangers took control after that and went on to the 5-2 win. But Igor, you know, getting the job done, holding it down. And I also have to give uh, props to Gerard Gallant here for deciding to go back to Igor Shesterkin one day after he pulled him and going against his usual strategy of not playing the same goalie twice in a back-to-back because it would have been very easy to go go to Halak here, excuse me. Um, And, you know, that's... I'm just glad that he didn't do that because, you know, we we had talked on here about the fact that they have a back-to-back coming up. And I threw out the idea that if Igor had a good game against the Washington Capitals, that maybe just put him right back out there against the Kings, see it as an opportunity to get him right and just kind of build his confidence back up. And, hey, you're our guy. You just shut down the Capitals. Go back out there and do it again. As it turned out, uh, Igor did not have a good game against the Capitals. Nobody on the Rangers had a good game against the Capitals. But Gerard Gallant nevertheless went with that strategy of just going right back to his franchise goalie, to his Vesna winning goalie, and, uh, you know, just kind of instilling that confidence in him that you're going to go back out there and you're going to get the job done. And of course, Igor Shesterkin did exactly that. That was really nice to see. Uh, So props to Igor Shesterkin for getting it together here. And uh, now I I think you just kind of hope that, again, this is a sign of what's to come. With Igor Shesterkin, again, very, very easy to believe that this is all all that it took. He'll be right back to being Igor Shesterkin and uh, he'll be just fine going forward. And we'll keep our fingers crossed that that is indeed the case. Uh, I wanted to talk about Mika Zibanejad and him gutting it out and, uh, you know, scoring a goal in this game. Um, first, let's just go through the line combinations here. You've got a top line left to right of Kreider, Mika, and Tarasenko. And to me, you know, just kind of connecting the dots here, reading between the lines a little bit, the fact that Tarasenko is now back on the top line and he's out there with Mika and Kreider would suggest that you know, if and when Patrick Kane is acquired by the Rangers, that they're going to end up putting him out there on the Panarin line. And the second line from left to right will be Panarin, Trocek, and Kane. Because if that wasn't the case, you know, if they were going to put Kane on the top line with Kreider and Mika, I don't think you'd have Tarasenko there now. It makes more sense to leave Tarasenko with the two guys that he's going to be with uh, post-Patrick Kane trade. And you never know with the Rangers. They're pretty trigger-happy when it comes to uh, shuffling the deck and changing up their line combinations. But be that as it may, looking at this logically, I would imagine that that's probably what the Rangers are thinking, that they'll put Tarasenko out there with Kreider and Mika. And when Kane gets here, if and when he gets here, uh, he'll be with Panarin and Trocek on the second line. As far as this game, though, uh, the second line was Panarin, Trocek, and Goodrow. That's fine. I mean, whether it's Goodrow or VZ, you need somebody that's kind of a bottom six forward to play in the top six right now. That's just kind of how the Rangers are structured, especially if you're going to keep the kid line together because that's your third line. That was indeed the third line in this game. And then the fourth line from left to right was technically Mott, Carpenter, and VZ. But as we mentioned, um, you know, Carpenter didn't really play in this game. He served the five-minute major for Ke'Andre Miller, was on the ice for 13 seconds, and uh, that was pretty much that. Uh, Jake LeCision, I want to talk about this. He cleared waivers and uh, is now a member of the Hartford Wolfpack. I, I know it's stunning that he cleared waivers, but he indeed did. Uh, Ryan Lindgren was still out of the lineup as well. And uh, as we already mentioned, you know, Brandon Schneider has been sent down to the Hartford Wolfpack. He's not going to play at all for them. It's a procedural paper move that will allow the Rangers enough cap space uh, to bring in Patrick Kane. It, it's bizarre that, you know, teams have to do this and jump through these hoops and, and do these salary cap gymnastics or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think the NHL might want to take a look at that, but you know, these are the rules that have been agreed upon and uh, in, in sending Schneider down to the Wolfpack, quote unquote, it opens the door for them to, uh, again, have enough cap space to bring in Patrick Kane. But as far as Mika Zibanejad, really want to talk about him. 
Uh, there was a play that Mika made early in this game. And, you know, as I talked about with some of the saves that Igor Shosturkin made, this is not a play that's going to be like on top 10 plays of the night, plays of the week or anything like that. But there was just a play early in this game where the Rangers, it was still scoreless. And, you know, the Kings were getting a couple of decent looks at the net early in the game. And Kings had the puck behind the net. They passed in front. I don't know who they passed to, but it was set up for a one-timer. And the guy receiving this pass was in the left circle, kind of like toward the inside and, and the front of the left circle. And he was winding back, and he was about to let a slap shot go from pretty much point-blank range. This was going to be a golden scoring opportunity. And Mika comes flying back, breaks up that chance. Just a great play by Mika Zibanejad. And one of those things that's a little bit under the radar, but also one of those things that tells you uh, what an important player Mika Zibanejad is for this Ranger team and what a well-rounded player he is. You know, he busted it to get back there, broke up the scoring chance. If the Kings get that scoring chance, maybe they score, and maybe this game unfolds in an entirely different way. You never know for sure, but a big-time play by Mika Zibanejad there. But as far as, you know, kind of getting to, you know, the stuff that everybody was talking about with Mika Zibanejad, Rangers are up 3-0 in the second period. They're killing a penalty, and the shot goes right off of Mika Zibanejad's ankle. He's down on the ice, and you know, we're all holding our breath. Uh, you could tell his teammates were, were nervous. Jar Gallant was nervous on the bench. You could make the argument that Mika Zibanejad, more so than any other player on this team, is the guy that the Rangers cannot afford to lose right now. You know, it's probably still Igor Shosturkin, despite the fact that he's struggled recently and despite the fact that uh, Halak has played well. And you hope that if Igor has to miss a couple of games, Igor could, or Halak rather, could um, you know, keep the, the ship from sinking. And I, I think he would be able to do that. So, I mean, Igor probably still is the guy that you can't lose, but Mika's right up there. I mean, he's, you know, t top two or three on the team as far as irreplaceable players that you cannot lose. Uh, for the position that he plays, for just the well-rounded nature of his game, his role in the power play, his role in the penalty kill, uh, pretty much everything, pretty much everything. So, uh, you cannot afford to lose Mika Zibanejad, and uh, we were all really nervous when this happened. He couldn't put any weight on his leg when he was leaving the ice. Truba was helping him off. Uh, you know, they got him to the bench, and you know, he's kind of like hobbling, you know, to, to the locker room. Not Again, not putting any weight on it at all. And then he's right back out there at the start of the third period, and uh, he ends up scoring a goal. And while we're talking about Mika Zibanejad and uh, singing his praises here, we might as well go ahead and break down the goal that he scored. So uh, the Rangers were on the uh, power play because Kreider was taken down behind the Kings net. And they had Mika in the middle, which was kind of surprising because they kind of had him in that bumper role. And, you know, with Mika, you expect him to rip the one-timers. Uh, Panarin was on the left side. Tarasenko was on the right side. Might be trying to get Tarasenko to shoot the puck a little bit more, which is something that uh, I wish he would do. Um, but Panarin made just a ridiculous move with the blue line, passes in deep to Tarasenko, uh, the shot deflected just wide, but the Rangers were absolutely relentless here. Their, their puck recovery was very good. They spent pretty much this entire power play. Um, you know, in the King's zone, moving the puck around, looking for a good shot. Fox eventually passes in deep to Mika Zibanejad. And you don't hear this term very often, but it was basically a point-blank slap shot. You know, it's kind of similar to uh, the scoring chance that Mika Zibanejad broke up on the other side of the ice, where, you know, the Kings were going to get a slap shot from in deep, a one-timer from in deep. But Mika, you know, from a kind of a weird angle... And in the left face-off circle there, the inside part of the left circle, uh, just lets it fly, blasts it, and uh, scores, makes it 5-2. to two, And you get loud Mika chants from the Madison Square Garden faithful. They were chanting his name when he went down injured. They were chanting his name when he came back out for the third period. And they were absolutely ch chanting his name uh, after he scored a goal here to make the score 5-2 to two and uh, send the Rangers on the way to a win here. I mean, no guarantees, and there were still a little ways to go in this game, but up 5-2 with the way the Rangers were playing, uh, you felt pretty good that they were going to bring this one home, and indeed they did. Uh, something else that I wanted to talk about, too, was the Rangers' second period, because 
the last handful of games in the four-game losing streak, I think the second period, and more often than not, has been the Rangers' worst period. Uh, the game against the Capitals, for sure. That's when everything went south and everything got away from them. Uh, but they had a fantastic second period here. They, they started the second period by killing off what was left of the Keandre Miller five-minute major penalty, which was, of course, being served by Carpenter. And as soon as the penalty was over, the Rangers scored. Uh, specifically, Vincent Trocek scored. Trocek got a lucky bounce here, and he, more than anybody on the Rangers, maybe more than anybody in the NHL, deserves a lucky bounce. He's hit the post uh, well into the double digits as far as, you know, how many times it's happened this season. So it's about time that he got a, a bounce in his favor. He was trying to pass, deflected off of a King defenseman, goes into the net, and just like that, the Rangers are up 2 to nothing. And not too long after this, it might have been Trocek's next shift, uh, you had Trocek from the neutral zone passing back to Adam Fox, and then Fox leads uh, Trocek through the neutral zone with a pass back to him, a pass back up to him. Uh, Trocek gains the blue line, basically just goes right up the center of the ice, uh, takes a shot, and scores, went over the right arm of Jonathan Quick. Quick was pulled out of the game following this goal here. Might have deflected a little bit off of the stick of a, uh, a Kings defenseman here, but if Trocek got another lucky bounce, then again, more power to him, and it was well overdue. Uh, he has not had any puck luck whatsoever this season. And the Rangers, I'll just say this too, they have not played well in that four-game losing streak overall. They also did not get a single shred of puck luck during that stretch either. You know, it'd be nice to get a fortunate bounce here and there, and the Rangers got at least one here, if not two, and just like that, they're up three to nothing. So uh, good stuff there. It was also really nice to see uh, the kid line open up the scoring. You know, I, I thought that the kid line and Goodrow were basically the four Ranger players that played well against the Capitals, and the kid line started this game. You know, they got the first shift of the game. They, they took the opening face off. I know that they also started uh, the third period. I didn't happen to notice uh, the second period, but uh, they've been playing well and just some brilliant passing there. Kako and Hedl and Lafreniere all involved in it together. And of course, Lafreniere scores from a tough angle and gave the Rangers a one to nothing lead. So it was just really nice to see that. Uh, the Panarin goal, you know, Panarin made a mistake that lead, led to the uh, second Kings goal. And then not too long after that, uh, he scores a brilliant goal of his own. I, I think it was, in fact, the following shift. Put the Rangers back up 4-2. to So uh, Panarin, you know, making up for his mistake. There was a ton of talk about in this game, uh, as you guys, I'm sure, can tell. We're kind of rushing to fit in a couple things at the end here. But be that as it may, a uh, very nice victory for the New York Rangers. Nice way to wrap up the weekend. When you say, this has been a long couple of days here. If the Rangers had lost this game, they're on a five-game losing streak. And we're wondering if they're going to trade for Patrick Kane and all this other stuff. And you have to wait until Wednesday for the Rangers to get another game and hopefully end the losing streak. Very important win here for this New York Ranger team and a very convincing win. And uh, just a well-rounded win. Contributions up and down the lineup. Rangers playing well in basically every facet of the game. Uh, I also wanted to mention at the end here, I am going to be going on vacation next week. It's going to last from uh, this upcoming Monday to the following Tuesday. What I might do is I might set a couple of episodes to go live. We're, we're going to see here. Um, but I'm thinking what I might do is set a couple of like evergreen episodes to go live while I'm still on vacation. Uh, if I do choose to do that, it would be Monday, March 13th, and Tuesday, March 14th. And, you know, those would be episodes that wouldn't have anything to do with what the Rangers are doing or breaking down games or anything like that. They would just be very general, very evergreen, kind of fun episodes just to drop those for you guys. And then Wednesday, March 15th, I'm going to pick everything back up. So we'll have the rest of the week here all the way through Friday, all the way to the trade deadline. Going to be on vacation the following week and also the next Monday and Tuesday after that. Uh, but we will be back, rest assured. I, I love doing this show and I would never stay away uh, for too long. So definitely looking forward to that. Uh, as far as today, I, I figure we could pretty much call it there. But if you guys would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOn 
nyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is locked on nyrangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.